human sexuality, the Eucharist, and the meaning of human existence. Those themes are contained in what we celebrate today. Let me begin first with human sexuality, but to do so, let me begin with the notion of who God is, right? God is a trinity of persons. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God lives in what we call an eternal exchange of love. From all eternity, the Father begets the Son, the love between the Father and the Son spirates the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about that. Just try to get into your mind understanding God as a communion of persons. I think we can relate with that. It's a communion of persons. It's like you have three, you know, it's like you yourself have two other people with you and you're hanging out and you're sharing life together. That's kind of like it gives us a sense of God. God eternally shares life together. That's, what, that's who God is. And God creates us so that we might share in this eternal exchange of love, in this Trinitarian life. That's why we exist. And so you could say then that God creates us for relationship. Relationship with him, but then also relationship with other people. Because God creates us with love. God creates us for love. Therefore, God creates us for communion. Love brings about communion. Now, this call to love for the sake of communion with other human beings and with God is rooted in our bodies. And it's rooted in our bodies through our human sexuality. God stamps on us a maleness or femaleness not only to give us an identity as a man or a woman, but also it's a call to giving ourselves as a gift to another. Because the, the um, sexual identity we have as a male or a female rooted in our bodies is a call to communion, right? It's called to the one flesh union. It's a call to engage in, sexu in, in sex. But it's not just a call to engage in a reckless sexuality like our culture has adopted, going all the way back to the false teachings of Alfred Kinsey and then adopted by Hugh Hefner, creating the, creating the pornographic culture that we live in now, where sex is just about pleasure. That's not why God created the gift of sexuality. It's a distortion of the gift. The gift of sexuality, and it is a gift, is so that a man and a woman can come together in marriage, in a communion, and be able to express their commitment to each other through the bodies, through their bodies. The gift of sex says, I give myself to you completely, totally, faithfully, fruitfully. The giving of the self to the other and that gift of self to the other in a sexual union it is meant to be speak of this notion of what we call a nuptial meaning of the body. The body is meant for communion. The body is meant to express giving of oneself to another. 
and of course, this gift of self to another that's expressed in human sexuality needs a bond to protect it. And that's the bond we call marriage. The grace of that sacrament that creates a indissoluble bond when a marriage is entered into freely and validly, right? So that's the gift of sexuality. That's the beauty of it. It's a call to communion with another. And not only that, but that one flesh union between a man and a woman in marriage is meant to signify the greater call to communion that we have with God. You may have heard that the gift of sexuality, um, the, the one flesh union between a man and a woman in marriage is meant to signify Christ's union with the church. That's right, a marriage between a man and a woman points us towards this reality, right? Because all of salvation history is a love story. It's a love story between God and his people. And you, if you go through scripture, you will see that in the Old Testament, God, Yahweh, refers to himself as the, as the bridegroom and Israel as the bride. And then when Jesus come, Jesus, you see him referred to as the bridegroom and the church as the bride. And then you see at the very end in the book of Revelation, this, the, the wedding feast of the Lamb. And heaven is a celebration of the communion between Christ and his church. A communion. Right? Now you can see where the Eucharist comes into play. Because we are made, our ultimate purpose, like I said, is for communion. But that communion is ultimately with God. In God, in heaven, right, there is no marriage. It's the church, meaning those who have died in a state of grace and are saved, constitute the church and Christ and that communion. And you see that on earth, though, while that, is the way, it's that, that union is perfected in heaven, it begins here on earth, right? It begins here on earth through the sacraments. Baptism, this relationship is established, and then where is this relationship fed? Where is this communion with God fed? Right here at Mass, through Holy Communion. The Eucharist is a, is a sacrament that anticipates eternity. Because eternity is living in perfect communion with God. And it's that perfect communion with God that satisfies the deep longing of our souls. You know, those of you who are married, um, you know, that's awesome. You are called to that vocation. But I would probably say that in your marriage, your spouse doesn't completely satisfy you, right? Because your spouse is not really meant to satisfy you perfectly. Because only God can satisfy the very deep longings that we have in our heart for communion. Marriage is meant to be a vocation that where you are helping each other along the way to this ultimate destiny. And in that vocation, you're trying to create a communion of persons, husband, wife, and if God grants you children, that, 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 you know, that reality of family, which again foreshadows 
the life of the Holy Trinity. It reflects it. It's meant to reflect it, at least, trying to. But anyway, that, that's how we understand, like, this incredible, the, the, you know, our humanity, right, and what we call the spousal meaning of our bodies as in, in, in this call to making a gift of ourself to another, how we understand that reality in context with the Eucharist. But there's something else that I wanted to add in this, is that today we are celebrating the um, memorial of Saint Scholastica. She lived a life of virginity. So what does that mean in terms of her own gift of her own sexuality? Because we're all sexual beings. It's stamped in our very nature. But like I said, most people are called to live out the gift of their sexuality within the context of marriage, the call to love within marriage. But just because a person decides to forego marriage and to live a life of virginity doesn't mean that this person or a person is rejecting the gift of sexuality and therefore rejecting like the call to love. No, again, we remember that the ultimate purpose of our existence is communion with God. And so, and again, in, in heaven, there is no marriage. There is no marriage in heaven. It's all of, it's the church and our communion with God directly. And through that, through that union, our union with others. But the point of it is, is that when a person commits themselves solely to the service of Christ and his church, through a vow of virginity, through living celibacy, it is another way merely of how to live out the gift of one's human sexuality. Because again, this stamp of our sexuality in our bodies is a call to give of ourselves to another. And we can do that within the context of marriage and family, or we can do that in the context of wearing one of these, like a collar or a habit, you know? It's forsaking marriage, forsaking, you know, it, it's seeking virginity, living a life of virginity for the sake of the kingdom of God. And in that way, whereas married people reflect the union between Christ and his church, those who have taken a vow of virginity reflect heaven and how our existence will be in heaven. My life and Brother Alex's life is an anticipation of how we all are going to be living in eternity should we persevere in God's grace. So you see, this is kind of like how it all fits together in some way. And why did I bring this up today? Because the readings reflect it. You know, the gospel reading is about the Eucharist. This, um, the uh, feast day of Saint Scholastica, who, is, who lived her life of virginity. Um, but also because, you know, bringing about this truth, which sometimes we can forget, but also because um, a couple weeks ago, I saw there's a video put out by Planned Parenthood where they attack virginity. And they falsely say virginity has no meaning. It's, it's a baseless life, literally. They came out 
and it's kind of typical of Planned Parenthood just spewing out words with no basis for anything. It's all lies, saying that, that, that there's, it's just a man-made construct. When who was the one who kind of, you know, I, I believe if you go back to biblical history, the notion of virginity is rooted in the Word of God. It, it, it's a God-made construct, not man-made, and it has meaning. And by the way, this video by Planned Parenthood, um, they base their, their um, attack on virginity on their own perverted distortion of sexuality, where they say sexuality, you know, though it's been, you know, said it's between a man and a woman, and et cetera, um, they say sexuality is what you make, make it to be. You define what sexuality is. And when you do that, you completely reject God's plan, this beautiful plan of marriage and sexuality that I just kind of articulated. You reject that, and then sex becomes whatever you want it to be, which is ultimately about pleasure, which ultimately is governed by lust. And so you can have sex with whoever, however many ever, and whatever you want. And in, from that context, yeah, virginity means nothing. But that's their flawed worldview. And their worldview leads to death, which is what Planned Parenthood ultimately is about anyway. They, they promote a culture of death through their policies and their propaganda. Whereas God's plan for sexuality is the basis of life and love, which leads us to the eternal fulfillment of life and love, which is what we are made for. So today, brothers and sisters, let us celebrate the gift of our life, the gift of our humanity, and the fullness of its beauty, and the fullness of the call that God has given to us, to live out what we call the spousal meaning of our body by making a gift of ourselves to another. We don't have to be married, and we don't have to be a religious or a priest to live it out. We live it out in how we make our life a gift to another in some way. Marriage and religious life and priesthood are just one ways, one of the ways in which we can do it. So praise God in, in who he is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a perfect communion of love. And may God, through the intercession of St. Scholastica, grant us the grace to live a life that merits living in this eternal exchange of love forever. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows.
That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.